This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 607 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, October 8th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am flying solo today for the latest edition of Call Your Shot. You may be wondering where episode 606 is, and it is coming, um, but right now it's it's not the the top priority. Justin and I were recording it on Friday, and uh, there was a little situation that came up with he and his wife. They're expecting, and they had to get over to the hospital um, you can read more on his Twitter, but please keep them in your thoughts and uh, in, in, in prayers if that's something that, that you do. Um, we're just hoping for the best for for the whole situation there. And, um, you know, we had to kind of end that abruptly. When he gets a chance to upload it uh, and, and give me the file, I'll get it uploaded. But obviously not something that we're going to worry about right now. Uh, it is all a, a nineteen a 2019 forward-looking thing. It's based on the two early mocks that, that he ran. So it's not something that you know was time-sensitive either. So I just told him, you know what? Get your family situation right. Uh, we're not going to freak out o- o- over not having that. Uh, but this is the latest edition, as I mentioned, of Call Your Shot. Uh, basically what that is, if you're unfamiliar with it, I look for your, your unpopular opinions, blistering hot takes, and thought-provoking questions, and then I address the, the what I think are the best or the worst. Uh, this is supposed to be a, a postseason-related one, so we're looking for a playoff edition. And uh, let's just let's just jump into it, as somebody might say. If you're a YouTube watcher, you know who that is. Start with uh, with Blake Lawatch. He says, I think the opener can be a winning formula. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but should the A's use Trinan as the opener if they were given a mulligan for me no I'm still obviously it didn't work out for them Hendricks gave up a couple runs the Yankees did their thing and and the A's are out it's a one game situation so it could have gone either way Uh, I don't think it's an indictment of the opener the fact that Hendricks didn't succeed Uh, I don't think it really says anything one way or the other on the actual strategy and I, I, I don't think Blake is suggesting that either he's just saying maybe go with with your best guy off the top. I think they had a deep enough bullpen that they wouldn't have to just go right to Trinan. They could have maybe gone, I mentioned Lou Trevino, somebody I might've looked at. Um, they maybe could have gone with Familia. That's probably the, the, the top guy that I would give consideration to meaning, or, or, or he's not who I would have put in there. Trevino was probably who I would have put in there, but Familia is probably the, the highest rated guy that I could give consideration to doing that. If you're not going to go with the starter, and but then I, I want him later too. I really want Trinan and Familia later. What I might have done was go Trevino, try to get two 
go to petite, ideally for maybe three. Then you got five. That's just like a normal start. You've only used two guys. That's really not that bad. And then you've got uh, quite a bit to go to in the bullpen. But again, you know, uh, Hendricks got beat by Aaron Judge. <laughs> He's Aaron Judge. Like it, again, it's not an indictment of the opener strategy. That uh, they could they could have lost just as easily with Mike Fires or Edwin Jackson or any of their other starters. Uh, John Drury says J Drury twelve says. We will all be wondering what we missed when the Braves beat the Dodgers in four and use their underrated SP to get around the lineups of Milwaukee, Colorado, Milwaukee slash Colorado to represent the NL in the World Series. Well, it can't happen in four. It can it can happen in five, which is what I pre- predicted. Uh, that was my pick, um, and they had a big win last night. The Braves did. We'll see. They certainly looked like a, a you know a young team kind of having their first taste of of. The, the big time in those first couple games, not terribly surprising that they lost in LA, but again, big rally yesterday to, to come back. The, they got to Walker Buehler early. The, the round Lacuna grand slam was huge. They blew a five run lead and still came back to win. That's a nice win there. You, you faced a lot of adversity in that uh, after having the big lead, giving it up and then still coming back to win. We'll see what they're able to do today. Obviously, Every game is must win from here on out. Can they get it back to L.A.? And then you're in a one-game toss-up. Um, it's a good team, for sure. I still think they have a shot to win. If I were handicapping it now, uh, obviously I would, I would go toward the Dodgers. I just think that they've looked better throughout. It's not that uh, – it's not just – obviously the 2-1 lead is reason enough. They would be the favorite. But the simple fact is I, I think they've stepped up in a way that, that has impressed me. And speaking on, Bueller – Really impressed with how he bounced back. That would have been very easy for him to just kind of crumble after the uh, the grand slam, the five run inning. He walked the pitcher to walk in a run. I mean, that is that is rough. The fact that he was still able to give them five, um, and and the the last four of those were good innings. That's really impressive to me. I I, I was really impressed by. Oh, pardon me. That was in the second inning. So he had a good first inning. Awful seconding, and then three strong to finish it out, during which he didn't allow a hit or walk and struck out four. That just speaks to the the, the talent of this kid. And so I was really impressed. And and credit on Dave Roberts for giving him a shot. You know, they have a quick trigger, uh, you know, quick hook there with the Dodgers. Wouldn't have even been surprising to see him not come back out after the second inning. And instead he goes out and gives them three strong. Uh, okay, so some of these aren't playoff related but i'm going to include them because i did uh, i did like some of them uh cody storm panic says tampa's gm deserves gm of the year waving dickerson looked bad first half but wise second half archer dealt for meadows glass now and baz got fam without sacrificing much when last year fam would have fetched a large return race set up to compete 2019 and beyond look I agree with, with, with pretty much all of that. I will say, obviously, uh, if you look at it, I underrated Crone. When they got C.J. Crone, who was basically the, the Corey Dickerson replacement, essentially, in terms of the money uh, you know, doled out there in the roster spot, I didn't like it because I, I like Corey Dickerson. I think he's a solid player. But Crone was much better than I thought. That said, Dickerson was still better from a war standpoint. He was still the better player, but for dollars per war standpoint, they won. But um, the other two deals, I mean, those were those were phenomenal. The Archer and Fam deals, those were absolutely excellent, and they really leveraged their assets well. Obviously, they popularized the opener strategy. They're a team that's always on paper trying to be in that, you know, eighty-one to eighty-five win. You know, that's what they want to look like on paper, and then you use variance ideally to push up and and win ninety plus. And I think they're going to be a team that's going to be right there again in the future. 
This one would have been awesome uh, at Yancey Eaton. Tried, uh, and I was I was with him. I was really hoping that the A's would win this, go into a series. He said Matt Chapman becomes a household name during these playoffs as the A's make a hellacious run to the World Series. God, I would have loved that. I was really, really pulling for them, but it wasn't to be. And uh, actually, tied on top of that, the Green Magnus said uh, Matt Olson is my, still my Matt of choice. He's just so sexy. I mean, it would have been awesome to see what the two Matts could do in a full series. I still think that they would have uh, beaten Boston. You know, I think the Yankees are a tougher matchup than Boston. I don't know what it Listen, Boston has had a great season. They had a billion wins. You know, it's hard to sit here and disparage them. But they don't scare me in the playoffs. And I think we're kind of seeing that play out. They just don't have a bullpen. The bridge to Kimbrell is awful. Uh, it's just not not scary at all. And, you know, David Price did his thing against the Yankees. I guess, you know, 119 innings of, of uh, poor performance isn't a large enough sample, if you ask some folks. Or, or whatever. I guess it's just bad luck for a while. I don't know. <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. Um but yeah, I I still think that this uh, that Matt Olson, both Matts could really become household names. I don't think that Oakland's going anywhere. Uh, they might have to do it a little bit differently next year. The volatility of bullpens, they might have to mix in some different pieces. But that offense, I think, is going to continue to be strong. And let's see if they develop some pitching. You know, AJ Puck, Darrell Cotton, they they did have the early Tommy John, so they should be coming back. It, what a month a month into the season they shouldn't be too long uh they should be able to pitch portion larger portions of the season than normal uh official ant says tuki tucson will be the most impressive pitcher on the braves in the postseason oh i want this to be true love watching tuki uh he's thrown some some decent innings you know the one thing about him that that we saw in his MLB stint to close the year was he walked the yard, and that that's definitely worrisome, and it can really catch up to you in the playoffs if if the same thing is happening. We've seen him now in two of the games, I believe, and he's had four walks. So the same sort of thing is happening. We see the electric capability that he has but in three innings he's had four walks and so it is going to be tough even if they do find a way to advance to have Tuki kind of emerge unless he gets that control uh, on lock and I, I don't know that he would completely flip the switch and 180 and all of a sudden not be walking guys but you maybe limit them a little bit more and and obviously you can't have walks in key situations that's really how rallies get started and with so much of the run scoring being home run driven if you're walking guys and turning those in from solo shots into two and three run homers, that can be really damaging. And so that's that's very nerve wracking there. But uh, again, they got to win today and see if they can win uh, again in two days after that in L.A. to even keep going. Uh, let's see here. Who's next? Oh, here's an interesting one. And I guess uh, they're, they're, they're technically um, playoff related, even though they're no longer in it. Cubs will trade Chris Bryant and sign Baez to an extension. That was from Ry Ry Jones. He actually had a little double up there. Bryce Harper won't hit open free agency. So he's expecting Bryce Harper to stick with the with the Nats. I can really see that one. I, I think it's a bigger chance than a lot of people believe in terms of Brian, uh, of Harper staying in in Washington. I almost said New York. Uh, in Washington, I can definitely see that. Um, I would say, I don't know that it's, you know, 
a 60% chance. I don't know that the odds on favorite is that he stays, but I do think that there's a, a viable chance of it. I would say something in the, you know, 35 to 40% range. There's a real chance. As far as the Cubs trading Bryant and signing Baez to an extension, I don't really see that. I don't see Bryant being traded. I don't know why they can't have both. Obviously, it'll get costly. Um, you know, if, if all these guys, let's say that Schwarber and Hap get better and they become expensive too. And, you know, can you really have, you know, four big time dollar guys, uh, there, it'll be tough. Listen, first off, Brian's not a free agent until 2022 anyway. So there's no reason to really, uh, worry about that right now. That could be more of a down the line one. We'll see if that comes true, but I'm going to bet. No, If, if anything between the two, I would still think that Bryant, somebody they want. I know he didn't have the season that we expected. The power uh, in particular was was really down for him. He only played 102 games, did Bryant, but but 13 homers even in that period. His 460 slug was easily a career low. But uh, I still think that that's a guy that they desperately want as a, as a cornerstone for their future. Broncos fan 11261 said the Colorado Rockies have the most underrated pitching staff in the majors. I don't necessarily disagree with that, especially because you never associate the Rockies with pitching. And so I'm sure it's just dismissed as, uh, you know, not that good and they're going to have to hit their way to success. They weren't able to hit their way to success to success. It's not like their pitching staff was brutalized um, in that Brewers series. It's just that they couldn't score. And they even got a crack at Wade Miley in Colorado where they beast on lefties, where they absolutely savage lefties. But Miley, to his credit, has been really impressive. I, I am completely surprised by that, that he was able to go into Colorado and pitch quite well and uh, and, and the series there in the sweep. So they may have that, that underrated pitching staff, but now they're, they're home for October. So a lot of them will be golfing together and kind of gearing up for next year. Primetime KCS says Luke Voigt will be the playoff MVP and hit a clutch late inning go-ahead homer in at least one game during these playoffs for the Yankees. Wow, that's interesting. I do think that they're going to beat the the Red Sox. So he's going to get another series to kind of uh, see this one through. Luke Voigt's had a fantastic season for them. He has a uh, triple uh, from the wild card game. No homers yet, but he does have, what is he, three? He's three for 11 uh, with four three walks though so he's been on base quite a bit six out of his 14 plate appearances 429 obp for luke voigt he's he's doing well again already so we'll see what he does in the rest of this boston series and if they do win as i suspect uh we'll see what he does against houston or cleveland i think it's going to be houston but we'll see all right uh dr mike tanner said the braves should start newcomb in la well that one i I did put this out a couple days ago thinking that i was going to do it on friday but then justin ended up being available and so i recorded with him and i didn't have time to pivot when he had to leave early. So some of these are a little bit dated, but we're still going to address them. Um, his home road sports were amazing. LA still struggles versus lefties, even with the writing lineup. Obviously he started at, at home and uh, wasn't great. It, it didn't, it didn't go particularly well for, for Sean Newcomb. I don't know. Look, I think when, when he was having his success, it was, it was suspect to a degree of saying, well, I don't know that he's fully emerged that we can say, Hey, this guy's locked and loaded as a stud. Um, but he threw two and two thirds yesterday, only allowed one hit, but three walks. And so two runs, one of them earned no strikeouts. He did throw two innings in game one as well out in LA and only allowed one hit with two strikeouts. You know, you can't save him for a game five. Cause if you don't get there, then it doesn't matter. And Gosman was going to be the guy that you would have started in his stead. And he was actually worse. He actually fueled 
the Dodgers come back. He ended up, uh, what did he give up, four runs? Oh, no, just two runs. Well, two runs in, in two innings. So the, the combined, they gave up four runs um, in, in four and two-thirds and let the Dodgers right back in that and really negated the, the Acuna homer, uh, which, what a grand sign. That was so awesome. Uh, but, yeah, he's got a couple others here, Mike Tanner does. Is there a more Oakland move than a bullpen game for the Walker? Nope. And Colorado-Milwaukee with the highest-scoring LDS in the last 20 years. It didn't come to fruition because the Colorado offense just could not get going. And that was definitely a big takeaway. Obviously, them struggling in Milwaukee is probably not that surprising because they always struggle on the road. But, wow, I mean, they just they looked anemic. And I think it was really starting to build on itself, too, because you would see strikeouts that ended with frustration, bat slams, and, and just sort of that extra level of annoyance that they really couldn't get going, I think, was really starting to get to the uh, uh, to the Rockies. And, you know, it ended up being being quick work. Uh, in the playoffs for them. I think they'll be back next year, though. I think they have a lot of young players, uh, a lot of good uh, on the pitching staff, particularly good cornerstone pieces on the offense there. They've got moves to make. You know, Ian Desmond needs to become a bench guy. They're going to get a second baseman to replace LeMayhew. They have some internal options, too. They have plenty of internal options. Obviously, with uh, Parra and Cargo out, that's going to give David Dahl an opportunity. So you're going to have Dahl and Blackman, and then maybe get somebody in center field. Blackman's defense, not something I really want out there. He's never had a good arm, and I don't know that at age 32 you want him tracking things down in, in the most difficult center field in the game. But that pitching is young, and I think they're going to continue to be successful. And hell, if you told them that they were going to have a, a wild, uh, excuse me, an LDS season with John Gray putting up a 5.12 ERA on the year, they would have said you're crazy, uh, or, or you know, say hey, you're going to have John Gray 5.12 ERA and 31 starts, and Jake McGee, one of your big free agent signings, is going to put up a 6.49 ERA and 51 and a third, and you're going to go to the LDS. They just said, you're absolutely insane. There's no possible chance. Um, hell, I could even throw in Brian Shaw, another big acquisition, 5.93 ERA. So three key pitching pieces, two acquisitions, and, and their, their ostensible ace uh, were going to be worthless. You know, They're going to be negatives. And they were still going to have this season, they would take it. And so they've got something to build on there, but it just didn't work out this year. Eric Lindbergh says that's two eyes in Eric. Julio Tehran will be the Braves postseason MVP. Now that's an interesting one. He's yet to pitch in the playoffs in, in this series. He's not starting today. That's going to be faulty against Rich Hill. Would they put him out for a game five and and give him a shot at uh you know at, at being their safe? Well, obviously they have to win today. You know, let's let's uh put that out there. They, that doesn't happen without a win. Today, but do they then go to Tehran in Game Five? I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't started or hasn't pitched at all. He was really strong for them in the second half, really getting the job done. Um, you know, limiting hits in particular. Uh, he was very difficult to hit. He allowed a 186 batting average in the second half, and route to a 386 ERA and a 114 WHIP. It, the 386 ERA wasn't that much better than the 4 ERA he had in the first half, but I think it was it was better supported because he was so difficult to hit. Tehran was he had a 121 WHIP in the uh, in the first half versus 111 in the second half, so a uh, big change there. I think it would take something like that though to get it started. He would have they would have to win today, the Braves, and then in Game Five they turn to Tehran and he would have to kind of be their their savior there and come out with you know six strong innings or something to that degree to really turn it around. Interestingly enough, right after that, 
the, the very next one in line, I'm not going out of order here, was uh, Johnny underscore Utah 13 said, Johan Camargo, NLCS MVP. So two two in a row here talking about Braves getting getting playoff MVPs there. And uh, again, they have to win today and then game five to keep going. And then Johan Camargo would have to uh, go off against Milwaukee. It's not out of bounds. He had a really quietly a great season this year. 524 plate appearances with a 272, 349, 457, 19 homers, 76 ribs, 63 runs scored, 27 doubles, uh, playing a bunch of different spots. Really mostly on the infield this year. He bounced around a little bit more last year with a little bit of outfield work. But this year it was third, short, and, and then a, a dabble at second base for Johan Camargo. Uh, that'd be really interesting. Uh, it, it is guys like that in the playoffs. And sometimes even lower level than than Camargo who just kind of go off because they have their their best couple of weeks at this time. I mean, look what Eric Kratz uh, did just yesterday with his three-hit game and what he's been doing lately. I, I swear, and I tweeted this out. When I see Eric Kratz plate appearances, the dude is hitting like 820. It is absolutely insane. And I've seen like 50 plate appearances uh, you know, over the course of his career. I've seen a bunch this year, and I don't know what it is. And I think they stick out because I'm always like, well, it's Eric Kratz. He's, you know, he's going to get out. He's a, a journeyman you know, backup, sometimes third-string catcher. He's going to get out. Uh, no. This year, when I'm watching him, he's going off. He has six homers and six doubles. I swear I've seen nine of those extra base hits. It's absolutely crazy. And then yesterday he goes off with the huge game. I think he was three for four. Uh, but, yeah, that that's insane. Uh, so, Johan Camargo, if they make the NLCS, got to keep an eye on him for uh, Johnny underscore Utah 13 there. Ah, this one, this is one of those ones that dated pretty quickly. Not At not the QB, David Dahl will lead the MLB in postseason homers. That would have been fun. Of course, that would have just elevated his fantasy cost much higher. It's already going to go up and up and up, but uh, we'll see. Next up is at Biff Dangles. Ooh, this one didn't age that well. Not that he was necessarily wrong, but it's just that uh, that Kershaw put the kibosh on it right away here. He says, Kershaw should pitch out of the pen for LA, having two to three innings three times a series is a huge weapon compared to one to two starts, especially with, with his shaky playoff history. Um, you know, I, I push back on the, the playoff. Like, okay. He said some shaky playoff innings is really what it boils down to when when you look at it. And yes, that means, you know, you give up six runs in an inning, uh that's that makes that start bad. I I get it. I'm not I'm not saying that you know what St. Louis has done to him, particularly St. Louis, um uh, has it made for some bad outings. There there's really no way around that. I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend that uh you know f- five six seven eight runs in one of them uh is a good outing but if you really look at 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 what he's done there's still been a lot of good uh comparatively here and it is the biggest stage and so it's it's against great competition you know it's hard to be at your best every time out even for a historically excellent pitcher like Clayton Kershaw, uh, he went through eight shutout innings in game two and really was in control. Only three strikeouts, didn't need him. I mean, he was so efficient. He had 85 pitches, two hits. I thought it was ridiculous that he wasn't brought out for the ninth um, just because they had they had such a lead where, you know, it was 3-0. You don't have to get the save there, and I think you just let him get the shutout there. It's not like you're taxing him, 85 pitches, 
if they do get in some hot water, you know, if they do put them in some hot water, you, you, you bring in Kenley, but I don't know. It, I'm not going to freak out over it and be like, oh, they don't let them go the complete game anymore. There's not enough pitch outs. But I thought it was an easy send out. And, and the thing of it is they sent him out for the ninth just to let him get a standing O and still brought in Kenley. Okay. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I, I would have let him keep going. I don't know if I should do this to you, Dan Hollander. D Holla 24. Rockies take it all over the Astros. Woof. Sorry about that one. Another another tough one. Another Rockies-based one. Sorry, at Nolan underscore Harms. Matt Holiday named M- M- MVP of the NLCS as the Rockies advance to the World Series. Yikes. Now, this one would have been interesting. Uh, at Workday Baseball, kind of was feeling what I was feeling, where the wild card winner was going to beat the Red Sox. He thought they were going to trounce him, though. Red Sox swept by the uh, Oakland-New York winner with no close games. Well, Red Sox won the first game, put the kibosh on that one. Uh, Yankees won the second game. I think that we're going to see a, a, a W today, and we could see two two big Ws in New York and really put an end to this one. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's so weird feeling uneasy about a 108-win team, but I just don't love this Red Sox club at all. Uh, at Avery M. Kindred, Josh Hader will be the Brewers MVP of the entire postseason, replicating what Andrew Miller was able to do for the Indians a few years ago. Listen, I that one's not really a bold prediction, though. That's just kind of like a prediction and, and, a, and a high high quality one at that in terms of or high probability one at that. He's been called baby, you know, uh, Miller or, or the next Andrew Miller for quite a while. And we definitely saw it on full display this year after really dabbling with it last year in, in and in a solid 48 inning season this year, 81 innings of just pure excellence on the mound for Hayter uh, through two and a third brilliant innings in the playoffs already so he's already off to a good start with four strikeouts no hits no walks in three of three appearances he's going to get a rest just with the way that that you can rest guys in the playoffs because of the off days it makes it such a weapon when you've got first off they have such a deep bullpen it's not like they need to just rely on on him and Knievel it's like they have Hader, Knievel Jeffress uh Corbin Burns has been really good Joaquin Soria quietly had a solid season I mean they just keep coming at you with guys and so that makes it even that much more difficult but haters obviously their go-to he's going to be the guy I can definitely definitely see that Ooh, this would have been interesting uh Robogal 45 was saying Gary Sanchez's and he put it in quotes defense at catcher will cost the Yankees a wild card game poor Seve didn't cost him the wild card game but you could see it happening in a key game, whether in this Boston series or uh, next up if they do if they do advance against Houston or Cleveland. It wouldn't even surprise me because he's just he's just so bad defensively. It's definitely something that is that is worrisome uh, and and something that you have to always kind of be on the lookout for with regards to to Gary Sanchez. And I talked about it with Tuki Toussaint and the walks, and it's that same sort of deal where. Every little thing obviously is heightened. And if you get a runner on, say, on a drop third strike or runners advance because of a pass ball because, you know, Dylan Patances is throwing something nasty that Gary Sanchez can't handle, that can be the that can be the game. And that's, 
you know that that's that's how close these margins are. So it will be nerve wracking to have Gary Sanchez back there. But you know what, he's doing his part offensively to make sure that uh, it doesn't really matter. So we'll see how it goes from here on out with them. Uh, I like this one at Ted forty four e Lucas Duda and Tuki Toussaint will be the unlikely heroes, and Braves will beat Dodgers in four. Well, they can't beat them in four, but we'll see if they go in five. And keep an eye on Duda, maybe a key homer here and there, or Toussaint getting himself on track with the with the walks and pitching some key innings. Braves win the pennant and begin the dynasty talk. That's from C Weatherwax thirteen. I think that they're you know people are talking about them positively as far as the uh, um what what the the dynasty talk as it is even if they lose even if they've been swept out you were hearing some Braves fans say listen I totally understand here. Um, you know, if it, if it happens uh, that they get swept out, it's not even, it, it's always a bummer to lose, but they're not going to, they're not freaking out because they know that this is the beginning of something. This is the beginning of something really special. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Obviously they want to finish it off strong and kind of go from there. But, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see how this, uh, Braves pennant, nothing's guaranteed in the future, but it certainly looks like they're about to start a really strong run again in Atlanta. Walker Buehler is going to be what the Dodgers always wished Kershaw could and carry them to a World Series title. Well, that's at game time 55. Not yet so far. Uh, again, major credit to Buehler for buckling down and, and giving three strong innings after that disastrous second inning. But so far, not quite yet. Ooh, I like this. At Austin Foster, 509, Ronald Acuna Jr. has a national coming out party. You could say that Grand Slam was was pretty much it, um, especially if they continue to to do to keep going and he plays a role in it. But Charlie Culberson's bat is the reason they beat the Dodgers. Wouldn't that be wild? Because uh, he was who the, the key piece that they got in the in the Matt Kemp deal in terms of he wasn't the key piece at the time. I think it was like Brandon McCarthy, Scott Casimir. It was a money deal, really. Um, yeah, it was Adrian Gonzalez. Wow. Scott Casimir, Brandon McCarthy, and Culberson for Kemp. And Culberson's really been the one to emerge. And now he's in a spot where he's starting at shortstop because Dansby Swanson's out. He ended up having a really strong season in 322 plate appearances. Did Culberson with a uh, 792 OPS. And uh, let's see if he can do anything in the postseason that really kind of elevates him. He's uh, only one for eight so far, but uh, he'll get a chance today and maybe on Wednesday as well. All right, let's see a couple others here. Ooh, that, oh, we're going to end on this one because this one's interesting. Jeremy At Jeremy Latsky, the Astros w- would be better off with Correa starting on the bench rather than shortstop. Now, I don't agree with this one. I didn't agree with it when he wrote it. That's just a situation where I'm not going to put Carlos Correa on the bench. I know he did not perform to Carlos Correa levels or expectations, but I'm not, I'm not benching Carlos Correa. He is 0 for 7, so... Maybe uh, maybe Jeremy's right, and and I'm I'm wrong that they should have somebody else out there, but I'm not going to go off seven plate appearance or eight plate appearances, seven at bats to say that they should have him out right now. I think he's na- na- nursing some nagging injuries. I think that there's definitely a big part of that. Marwin Gonzalez has been beasting, um, but he's playing, so it's not like he would take that spot. I wonder who would take that spot who hasn't started. Let me look at the lineup. In fact, the game just started. That's why. We, that's why that was our last one there. I got to get get to watching that game. Yeah, because Marlins in left. So who would? Wow, Tony Kemp is DHing. Tony Kemp. Hmm. Who would start though? I'm trying to think. 
you could move Bregman over to short and put somebody else at third. I don't know. Where can Kemp play? Kemp is listed at outfield. I know he came up as a second baseman, right? So he's only been second base and outfield. Okay, you could maybe put, if you really want to start Kemp, you could then put Marwin at third or short and then Bregman at the other if you want to do that and then bring in Tyler White to DH, something like that because uh, Yuli Gurriel's starting. Maybe some, I could see something like that. Obviously, you know, they got Correa batting seventh. Um, he's not, he's not himself right now. It's just very clear. I understand, but I'm still letting him play through it. And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he came up with a clutch hit for them in, in a key situation. He's still, you know, the, the, the thing about Carlos Correa is a compromised version is still better than a lot of players. Probably not a better bat than Tyler White though. So maybe you are onto something there. I dismissed it out of hand now that I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, okay, they might have a piece because Guriel has been so good that uh, I understand why White's not starting over him to get both of them in. Maybe that's the move. So we're going to end on that. That's the Call Your Shot series. I will do another one at some point, maybe for the LCS. Maybe we'll do another one maybe with, like within a week uh, for the LCS and World Series or just do a 2019 offseason one uh, in a couple weeks. But I appreciate you guys leaving those uh, leaving those unpopular opinions, blistering hot takes, and thought-provoking questions. Uh, if you're a fan of, of music and music criticism, I did bite this series from Anthony Fantano. It's his Let's Argue series, and I, I think it's a lot of fun so i appreciate you guys contributing to that and uh talk to y'all later Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.